Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. This is a podcast where I am and talk about things that matter to me. Things that are in my brain like photography, videography, business, entrepreneurship, and other ambitious topics. In a lot of my episodes, I've been interviewing people, and this episode is no exception. This episode is actually a very special episode where I'm going to be interviewing my mother. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so, my mother is 49. Yes. 49 years old. I'm 29. We're pretty close in age. We're pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just here's my little introduction to you, to my mom. My mom's name is Karen. She is a mother of six, been married for 30 years, had me when she was 19. She's Caucasian and very ambitious, (laughs) ambitious. The reason that I say that she's ambitious is because she went to, did you go to like nursing school back in the day? Yeah, that was the goal. I went to school. Thinking I was going to be a nurse, yes. So she went to school thinking she was going to be a nurse, but then had kept having kids, which kind of was putting a damper on (laughs) schooling. Kind of hard to go to school during pregnancy, and it is very hard. I go brain dead when I get pregnant. (laughs) Uh, But then you you kept going to school after you finished having kids, and you got a bachelor's degree when you were. 48 were you 48 i was 47 47 when you finished your bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. and that was in elementary education right and now you're a teacher yes and you've raised six children yeah i didn't do it alone though i'm not one of those super moms that do it with single-handedly hey don't try to talk your accomplishments down here (laughs) you have done great work thank you just because you didn't do it alone doesn't mean it was not challenging it was challenging for sure. Okay, I have written down here a couple of notes. Um, so first, I wanted to ask you, who are you, mom? <laughs> who are you? If you if you when you get asked that question, who are you? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, that's a really um, interesting question because I think I'm at a point now in my life where I'm really trying to figure that out. Um, I feel like. If you don't go through that process, maybe you should try doing it sometime. Of figuring yourself out? Figuring yourself out. And you have to, even if you figure yourself out, I feel like you need to keep doing it and making sure, just connect with yourself and make sure you are still that person that you thought you were. Um, I feel like I am, I'm I'm a really homebody at heart. I love to be at home. I love to be watching movies and reading books and being with my kids, but... There came a time in my life when I I actually think it was um, it, it was when we lived in the um, Ashland house, Croson Road house, and I had four children, and I was watching you all outside my bedroom window. You were all jumping on the trampoline together, and I remember this feeling like they don't need me. <laughs> what what am I doing? You know, the, you were all just playing together and having this great time, and I really I felt useless, and I hated that feeling. And when you came home from fourth grade and asked me to help you with your fractions and I couldn't help you, (laughs) I was like, I was terrified. Mm. 
because I forgot everything. I didn't know how to do anything. Like I had used no math. Oh, wow. And, you know, here... Well, my first thought is we did need you. Yeah, you did. But there was like, I went from a time in my life, you know, when Jasmine was that age where she could go out and play like at three, three years old or something. I, I had had a baby on my hip the entire time. Yeah. Like all those 10 years I had a baby on my hip, literally. We just didn't need you for like milk anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We still needed you and I still need you just because I don't live here and I, that's true. You know, I, I buy my own milk now. Doesn't mean that I don't need you. Like I still, yeah, I feel very attached to you and emotionally need to call my mom sometimes. Well, not as often as I would hope. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't call me nearly. You can always call me too. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but I just I remember that feeling. Just I wasn't as needed, you know. And I it's it's in my makeup just to feel needed. I need that feeling, and I knew that. You know, I felt like I was a fairly good mom. I had, you know, enough to offer. I loved kids and I loved giving all of you guys a safe place and seeing you guys so happy. And it was just different from how I grew up. And I just really wanted to give that to you guys. And I had and I had succeeded. Yeah. And so I felt like I wanted to do more. And the first thing that came to my mind was nursing I wanted to go to school for nursing I wanted to have more education I wanted to be able to help you with fractions and you know be a more educated mom because I had just literally gotten out of high school got married oh yeah so you were 18 when you got married huh I was 18 yeah so a homebody kind of a nurturer Mm -hmm. the the older that I because I've known you the longest out of all your kids yeah and so I've seen the most change in you and from my perspective, when you were younger, when I was younger, you were much more passive and yeah. a lot less opinionated and yeah. So now you seem much more opinionated, much more aggressive and that's sometimes been sort of not really challenging, but just interesting, I guess, to watch that and to see you like, whoa, mom's actually got some pretty aggressive opinions. You're just talking about the guy at the beach, aren't you? <laughs> no. Well, there's a good example of it. But no, no, that's not what I was thinking of. But yeah. So just to tell that story. We were at the beach the other day and this guy got in our face because we were kind of breaking some rules. Well, dad was breaking some rules. Dad and Dyson just went over a a small wall. It wasn't like... There was no signs. No, there was no signs that said, don't cross this wall, danger. There was nothing there. Yeah. And dad and Dyson just went down to see it. Dad had been down there before. Yeah, no big deal. It was no big deal. I I mean, it was scary. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it either. But Dyson was like, let's go. And dad was like, well, if you're going to go, I'm going to keep you safe. So dad went with him. They were fine. They do it all the time. Every time we go to the coast, they go explore, explore just like that. And so I was not worried at all. So this U.S. Coast Guard vet, super old man with one of them U.S. Coast Guard veteran hats comes over, starts screaming at them, profanities and calling them names, like really bad bad names. Yeah, bad names. Which, okay, fine. If you're upset, fine. I get it. And maybe that's illegal. Okay, sorry. We're sorry. But like you don't need to call them names and scream at them when there's kids around. And be that vulgar. Yeah. And and mom just, you just, <laughs> oh my gosh. 
went off, like went into mama bear mode and just like protective screaming at him. I thought you were going to punch him. I was on the other side of the wall, so he could have easily pushed just me shoved off Shoved you the off edge. the cliff. My gosh. But you were just screaming at him. And I was like, uh, okay, sir, we're sorry. Like, please step away. Please back up. We're sorry. Okay, thank you. And you guys were just, he was not hearing me. He was just locked eyes with you, just swearing and yelling. And you the same thing. Well, you weren't swearing, but. I wasn't swearing. I wanted to, but I didn't. Yeah, good job. Good Thanks. self-control. Thanks. But yeah, so I've just noticed as, you, have you, as you've gotten older, you've become much more outspoken and opinionated, which is great, I think. So Thanks. my next question, what are your current ambitions? Some of your current passions and ambitions. Ambitions. So you, you became a teacher. You did that. That was a huge ambition, which mm-hmm. we can talk about more in a minute. But what's next? Like, what are some of your new ambitions? What are you? That's an interesting to- question. Um, I feel like it, you do have to keep that fresh. You have to keep, you know, because you can't just you know reach a goal and then say, okay, I'm done. Right. You have to keep things on the horizon. And something that I've really been wanting to do more now is to kind of travel. I love traveling. Mm. And I spent a lot of the summer with you last summer. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing for me just to be out of my home. And it's awesome being a teacher because I'm still making money and I can just be gone for the summer <clears throat> for the whole summer. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that that's part of what I'd really like to do is just travel more. I want to give Dyson some opportunity to be out of the country. Um, you should. And yeah. Just take him. We have family and uh, we have um, Dyson's aunt, my husband's or your dad's. <laughs> Um, sister that lives out there in London. So I'd love to take him out there to see her and just to see the sights and get him an education that I could never have had as a child. So travel is your big ambition right now? Travel is one thing I would really love to do. Yeah. But I think, I think another one of my main ambitions just like this week I've noticed has been towards my students. Um, Mm. I would really love to. Your fifth graders. My fifth graders. Yeah, they, I I work in a really high need school and the kids that I teach really need a constant in their lives. Mm. They don't have it. Some of them don't know where their next meal's coming from. They don't know who's going to be at their house. If anybody's going to be there, they don't know where they're going to sleep or That's crazy. anything. And they depend on the school. The school that I work at is an amazing charter, charter school for these kids that gives them free, like, home cooked meals from scratch Mm. um not to mention like after school enrichment programs to where they can do things basically for free based on their interests they just have you know until six o'clock they have these classes available to them Mm. and it saves their lives it keeps them out of trouble and it's a great school for them but in my classroom a lot of them are not able to focus because they're hungry or they're scared or um, whatever their troubles might be. And so I, um, that's been my ambition during the school year is just to balance the needs of my students with the needs of my family. Mm. Yeah. Very ambitious. <laughs> so um, talk to me about your decisions to go back to school because you went back to school when I was a kid for nursing. Mm-hmm. And then you went back again after when Dyson right. was like what in in kindergarten kindergarten so talk to me about how how that was and 
what kind of challenges that presented? So when I went back to school in 99, when you were in about fourth grade or so. So I would have been 10. <clears throat> about 10. Yeah, that was um, that was because I freaked out when I couldn't do your math. And oh. I was just like, oh my gosh, my kids are old enough now. I can really do something more. Um, school, I, I kind of need to back up a little bit because as soon as I got out of school as a senior, I was so grateful because school brought me such anxiety. Mm. I was so shy. I was such a homebody. I just wanted to be home. I didn't want people. I had social anxiety so badly Mm -hmm. that being in school was awful. And I graduated with barely a D average. Like my GPA was so low. I think I barely graduated. So to just get out of the house and to get married was my ultimate goal. That Mm. was my ambition just to get married. And when I met dad, I was, you know, I f- it felt right. And so did you think that, okay, if I can just get there, my life will be better. Like I if thought, I can just mm-hmm. get out of my house, graduate and get married, I'm home free. Yeah. Was that that's, your thought? That's what I thought. Yeah. That's mm. what I thought. And when I met dad and he was fine with marrying me, I was like, sweet, this is my <laughs> ticket out. Did your ambition kind of stop there for a long time? I think it did. Well, I got pregnant with you in five minutes. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Ew. I don't want that to be part of my podcast. Take it out then. <laughs> no, after about three months, I realized something was really, you know, different. Not to, well, I had chicken pox at the same time. I had chicken pox. And oh, then, yeah. That's a crazy story. Yeah. A I was, miracle story, kind of. <laughs> it kind of is. Getting chicken pox while pregnant is not a good combo. It's not recommended. Um, yeah, it, it was not good. And Which they, is why I'm so deformed. <laughs> Kidding, kidding. Oh, goodness. But that's why I have a birthmark on my face. I think it is why you have a birthmark on your face. Yep. Yeah. I probably had a chicken pock right there. <laughs> yeah. And I just rubbed my face on the inside of your stomach, <laughs> right where the chicken pock was. <laughs> that's so weird. Okay, sorry. Continue. Anyways. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? I just... I got, How your ambition stopped after Yeah, I just figured... Married. I just figured I was fine. But then, you know, my parents divorced and that was really, really hard on everybody. Mm. And we decided that we were going to leave the area, which was really hard because I had a little sister Mm. who was seven at the time. This was in California. In California. Yeah. You guys are living in Fair Oaks? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Which is like Sacramento. Sacramento. Yep. Sacramento. I lived there my whole life. Nice. Yeah. I went to my first little bit of school that I did was right after you were born. And I went to a class, um, I guess when you were like nine months old, I went, I took a psychology class with my mom because my parents had gotten divorced Yeah, and she was taking classes and I thought that would be fun. So I took one with her, but I was pregnant with Kaylin already. Oh, and so like I went brain dead. So (laughs) I stopped, I get so tired going like trying to learn and grow a baby and raise a baby. It was just too much. Yeah. So I just didn't do it then. And then anyways, then you fast forward, like I was 10 years old, 10 years. Yeah. And then I got pregnant with Canyon and then your fifth, yeah, my fifth. And then that stopped all schooling right there. I did like two terms, I think. And then that's nursing, right in, in a nurse. Yeah. With a nursing uh, major. Okay. And then that stopped after I got pregnant. And then fast forward another 12 years. And Dyson is now in kindergarten. You're sixth. My sixth. Dyson. I had another baby. Wow. Yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> He's pretty cool, though. He's awesome. I'm so glad I have my Dyson. 
and then you went back and canyon and then you went back to uh, rcc mm-hmm. rogue community rogue college community college with a teaching major i just figured i had done homeschool with jazzy and with uh, canyon <clears throat> and just decided that i really liked it it was nice and i knew that i had a lot to offer Mm-hmm. Their kids, I I really wanted to be someone for them. Well, I think what started it was I went to work first. Oh yeah, I, you're like a, you were a postal worker. Well, I I did that for a little while, and that was super fun. I got in really great shape, and then <laughs> I quit that job. I didn't feel right about it for some reason, so I quit that job. And then a month later, not even a month later, I was pregnant. Oh yeah, with a Dyson. Mm. And so I, you know, when we moved back up here to um Oregon I um went to I when Dyson went to kindergarten I just decided I was going to try and make some money I I originally thought that I could make enough money to um pay for Brayden's mission oh that was my goal was to make that money so that I could pay for the mission Mm. and then I was just doing I just got hired at a school as a um uh, what do you call it a campus monitor outside for recess Oh, nice. And that was awesome. But being around the kids, I was like, I can do so much more than this. Yeah. I can really help these kids so much more. And then when a job came open to be a, um, a reading assistant, it's, oh, a, yeah, yeah. it's called T it's called a CLA, like a, um, I don't even remember what the acronym acronym class is learning assistant. It was a <laughs> classroom literary assistant. Oh, okay. I feel like, cool. And, uh, anyways, I passed a really easy competency exam. And just thought, you know, I can do so much more. I just really wanted to teach. I wanted to be that person. I saw how the teachers treated the kids. And I was like, I would never do that. I would never do that. (laughs) Now I'm totally doing all those things I said I would never do. But It's harder than it looks. It's harder than it looks, folks. But yeah, yeah, I absolutely am so proud of myself. I am the only woman in my generation that I know of that has ever gotten a degree. Good for you. Ever. Way to blaze your own trail. I am blazing the trail. So what kind of effect did going back to school have on like other areas of your life? It had a big effect and I don't know that all of them are good. Mm. Um, I had always been home before as a mom, always been home when the kids get home, always there for them. And now I wasn't for Canyon and for Dyson and sometimes for Brayden even. Because they were still, so all of us were, have moved out by that point except for Canyon and Dyson. Except for Canyon and Dyson, yeah. Yeah. And probably Brayden, you know, off and on. So I never had to really experience that. I mean, I guess you had right. gone to two terms, but I don't remember you ever being gone. You I, were I always, did night school all the time with you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you were always home mm-hmm. whenever I was, whenever I needed you, you were always around. Right. So I wonder how that was for Canyon and Dyson. They made sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A lot of them. Do you regret, like, knowing some of those negative consequences that you think in your mind happened because of going back to school? Do you regret going back to school and pursuing that ambition? I don't. I feel like it was definitely um, what I needed to do at the time. Yeah. And there's something to be said for the balance that I probably could have handled better. But, um, Dane was a huge help. He stepped in and stepped up and did so much more than 
I ever expected for him to do. He mm-hmm. was cooking dinner. He was taking care of things. He was doing dishes. He was doing everything. He was taking kids here and there. And <clears throat> I would have day classes. I would also have night classes. I have to balance everything. And he just never complained, just supported me, helped me, you know, find place and time mm-hmm. to study. And he was always right there everything and if he ever needed I I didn't have to ask him for hardly he didn't have to spend I didn't have to ask him for money but he didn't have to spend hardly any money on it I got all my student loans on my own just figured out how to put myself I literally put myself through school and only relied on him for just help just support you know financial not financial support but like mental support mm. um and that was really nice. It was a bonding experience for both of us. And also, I feel like it taught um, Canyon and Dyson the importance of education. Mm-hmm. And also, all of you as my adult children, too, I feel like you guys kind of got a sense of, my mom's really plowing through this, and you know, education is important. Mm-hmm. At least I feel. And I think that was really important, because before, I wasn't putting that emphasis on education. I was like, oh, let's get your homework done, and you know, do that and then fix dinner and then let's just go to bed. No homework not done. Oh, well, okay. You know, it wasn't really important to me, mm-hmm. but now it really is. It's like school is everything. And I'm able to, when I go to conferences, I can get so much more out of them because I can, I understand what the teachers are saying and I know what tests are important and what's not. And I know classroom management and how important that is. And if they complain about something that was done at school, I can understand, well, that's not a big deal or it is a big deal. I'm just uh, so much more involved. Do you think there's something to be said, though, for non-traditional education? Like, it it sounds to me like you're a big advocate for, like, uh, traditional classroom education where you go and get a bachelor's degree from an institution in the traditional sense. But do you think there's something to be said for somebody who just learns a trade or gets on the job experience as part of their education or does an internship as education or just like YouTube education? I no, I don't think it matters at all. I just think anything you're passionate about, anything you want to do, I feel like you should do it. So education is education. education no yeah, exactly. If you want to teach yourself Mandarin and you can do it on YouTube, go for it. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, so after you graduated, you did have some difficulty finding work. How long did it take you to find a yeah, job? Yeah, it, it was really competitive. And the I'm... teaching field in Oregon? Yeah. It's saturated. And I am not what they're looking for. Because I was looking... I'm looking in the Medford School District. And they want people who are um, younger. And they want males. And they want people who are all about they want males oh yeah why male teachers are incredible Mm -hmm. they have a huge impact especially for classroom management especially for the low income schools that are so prevalent in the medford area i feel like that was because i went to elementary education for a semester and i always felt so out of place because all my in all my classes it was all female except for me and like two other guys every once in a while it was always all yeah. women. Um, whenever we went down to Monument Valley from our work experience, all of our instructors were female. All the teachers that we worked with were female. All of my instructors at uh, at college were all female. 
in that program was just all female. And I felt like I was just the lone dude who was trying to become an elementary. I sometimes felt like people looked at me as like a creep <laughs> or like, what are you doing here? Or like, I don't know. So I'd always just tell people, well, I'm trying to be a principal. Yeah. Cause that's like the, that's like the man thing to do, <laughs> you know, be the principal, like be the yeah. top. But well, all the, all the men that I know of that did stick with the program <clears throat> for all our whole term had jobs before they were out of school. Hmm. They all secured jobs so fast. I guess the, I guess if the value of a male teacher is just becoming more and more recognized or maybe, I don't know. I don't and, know. And yeah, you stand out because if you are, if you can stick with the program, first of all, it shows that you are doing it for the right reasons mm-hmm. that you're there because you can do what the district wants you to do. Hmm. And you're going to be a really good um, role model for those kids because you have to pass your background checks. Yeah. You have to, you know, be, you have to show your instructors that you can do it. You have to pull off those, all the training and stuff that you have to do. And yeah, but I had a tough time because I'm a grandma and (laughs) no one really was looking for that. No one was looking for, I'm more of a, I guess play-based learning I let the kids have a lot more control Mm. not control but more say I like to do things based on their interests yeah and that's why I have a job at a charter school rather than in like the public school system it is a public school but but just the -the run-of-the-mill public school it's just different that was a big problem I had when I was that's one of the reasons why I left elementary education that major was because it just felt like the government or the state had such a strong grip around what we were supposed to teach yeah and it was like okay why not just hire a bunch of robots then why not just hire youtube to teach your classes well i i can't even bring my personality into this yeah i hated that yeah because my personality is a big part of who i am and if i felt like if i was going to get a job that didn't want that then i couldn't Mm -hmm. there's no way that i could have lasted or survived in that kind of an environment and that's why i absolutely love where i am because they are all about that my personality is i'm i'm calm I I like to let the kids have a lot more say. They have a lot more movement and my volume in my classroom is a lot higher mm-hmm. than a lot of other teachers. Other teachers just silent. Their room has to be silent all the time. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, they don't learn if they're silent. They mm-hmm. need to talk, especially at 10 and 11 years old, the oh, ages yeah. that I teach. <clears throat> so, yeah. And that's what's really nice about working in a charter school is because we build our own curriculum. So if I want to teach math and I want to teach it, I I know the standards because they're still held to the same standards as everybody else in the Medford school district, but I can just get there my own way. That's awesome. I think that's a super, I think if I would have maybe known about those types of schools, Mm -hmm. I might've lasted a couple more semesters, (laughs) but that's not the only reason I left. Yeah. You're definitely doing what you need to do. I, well, thanks. Yeah. I like what I do. And you're good at it. Thank you. You're good at what you do. Oh, thanks. So let's talk a little bit about me. Okay. (laughs) Is it okay if we switch gears just real quick? Since it's the ambitious Ambitious. podcast, I thought we could, because this is a unique opportunity for me and my listeners to just kind of have a little bit of insight into who I am as a person. So I wanted to 
bring you on and, and who better to provide insight into who Ammon is than <laughs> his own mother. So you might be opening a can of worms. <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, everybody's got worms. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple things written down that when we were brainstorming, I wrote down moon boots. Okay. You had mentioned something about how you store <laughs> moon boots. Can we hear that story? Well, moon boots, like year round <laughs> moon boots. What are moon boots? <laughs> moon boots are, gosh, what year was it? 90, early 90s 94 yeah 95. early 90s when those moon boots came in they're just like a snow boot uh-huh. that you pull on you remember them yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> i remember the colors and too. they were so, yeah, those gray with the red yeah oh my goodness and you would wear those boots all the time with with, with socks without socks didn't matter you just pull them on <laughs> those things stunk so bad but you wouldn't go anywhere without them you wouldn't wear sandals, wouldn't ever let your toes get any air. I don't know how your feet survived that. <laughs> I still don't like to go barefoot. I I still I, just, I wear socks all the time. I'm wearing socks well, right now. Sometimes I wear, it, never mind. <laughs> I was about to say something inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still like to wear boots, high top shoes. Yeah, well, <laughs> it stems from your childhood. I guess. When did that phase kind of die out? I, I, maybe it never did. <laughs> You're still Apparently doing not. it. You just you always had your little likes and just I don't know, like these OCD moments where your socks had to be like totally perfect. That the sock seam on the toe had to go <laughs> totally perfectly around the toes, and if it was askew slightly, you, you'd freak out like major freakouts, like shoes flying and. <laughs> Couldn't handle it. Hey, Could not handle it. I was still developing my temper <laughs> and how to react to little annoyances. Oh, my goodness. And the tightness of your shoes. How tight? They had, they had to be perfectly even. They had even. to be perfectly even. This one's tighter. Than, oh, okay. Let's retie it. No, now this one's... Oh, my gosh. Let's retie it. Wow. I'm, I'm so not like that anymore. It's I'm amazing glad. how much that's changed. Yeah. Wow. It's not important anymore. I think... Because I remember having that kind of a thing growing up like i wanted everything to be just so i wanted everything to be even if i scratch my nose on the right side i remember i had to like even it out and scratch my left side of my nose if i like i wouldn't ever step on the cracks on the sidewalk because i i and i had to like take the same number of steps in each square of the sidewalk and if i didn't it was like threw me off but i remember as i got older i just kind of like willed myself out of that way of mm. thinking i just like okay I'm, it's fine and so i would like purposely step on the cracks and take uneven number of steps just to like just to force yourself to experience the uh, unevenness the uneven the disequilibrium yeah yeah, yeah. i would just kind of piss off that ocd mind that i had until it just kind of went away mm. just willed it out of yourself yeah because i was like this is stupid it's not helping me it's just what i have to scratch why do I, ha- if I touch my left ear, why do I always have to touch my right ear? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be so even. <laughs> Just forget about it. And I did. Nice. Good for you. It's, it's very ambitious of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will. I ambitioned my way out of OCD. Uh, so what are some of your mom perspectives of me now? It just in general terms. In general terms. I think you still have a lot of that, but. that type of OCD it's just different it's different now and your ability to focus 
when you're doing a shoot, it's one of my favorite, most favorite times to observe you Mm. because I have never, ever seen you so into, so focused on something as when you're shooting or editing. Really? Yeah. Never have I seen you so focused. So that's pretty amazing for me to see. What about when I was young and I used to play toys? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was adorable because you played toys until you were, I don't know. And I always used to sit like this. Yeah. I would sit like this. Yeah. Which is how I do my photography yeah. stance. If you ever want to see. <laughs> I used to th- sit there on with my left knee up. Uh-huh. And just like kind of lean there. And your chin was usually on your left knee. Yeah. My right leg would always fall asleep. Yeah. I'd sit there for hours and play toys. And now when I take pictures, when I'm really getting into it, when I get the low mm-hmm. perspective. It's your happy place. I always stand just like that. Yep. Which is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're consistent yeah and that's the thing that i love about you is you're very consistent and you're just like an optimist and you're always looking on the bright side which i think is an outward thing because i think inwardly i think you really have to work at that at the, like being optimistic being optimistic but being optimistic to yourself mm. you know because sometimes i feel like you're putting on an optimistic outlook for other people but inside you're internalizing a lot of things that like when you were um when you're trying to as you said you're trying to piss off your um ocd Mm. right so i feel like when you get something that's sad to you you immediately try and make it something that's happy and then you want to deal with something sad on your own time Mm. You don't want to do it in yeah. front of anyone. You just want to do that separately. I feel like that's kind of hard and hard thing for you to deal with. Well, that's something that I have been really focusing on in this trip, which we spoke about at the airport that one day mm-hmm. where I have been struggling with nostalgia specifically, um, especially here at the house. Like everybody's all grown up and moved out and, it was it's just so quiet here all the time and i have such a hard time hard time dealing with the silence and how it used to be and not when it gets quiet and slow i start thinking about the past and thinking about how it used to be and how much more lively and energetic everything was in the house and i remember i was sitting in the house just during this trip with dad and he was on the phone with i don't know some bill company trying to pay some bills and I was waiting for him to go hang out and it was just super quiet in the house. And I was looking around just thinking about when Braden used to be here and Canyon and Kaylin and Jasmine and we were all just hanging out, playing, laughing, doing games. And I just got this overwhelming feeling sweep over my body of nostalgia. And in the past, my natural coping mechanism is to resist and to get moving to stand up go somewhere else do something get buried in my phone dissociate my my brain with distraction and instead i just let it happen i didn't distract myself i sat down in dyson's room by myself where it was quiet and i just let myself feel it and i cried for like 10 minutes while dad was in the other room and uh it was you know it hurts and it's hard and it's scary for me to let those feelings just happen but I feel like it's uh, a mature thing and a healthy thing to let yourself experience emotions, to become familiar with them, familiar, let yourself be familiar with those feelings so that you know how to process them appropriately because I think that they can teach you things. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since then, all of the things that I usually get nostalgic about here in this town, I haven't been. Like at church, I was fine. When I go over to grandma's house, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And those places are really hard for me to go to normally. You spend a lot of time there. Yeah. A lot and of so time at grandma's house. In the past coming here, I've resisted going to those places because it's just too hard, too sad or mm-hmm. whatever. But now it's pretty good. And I feel like I can put those things behind me and move on and keep looking forward instead of always being so afraid of the past because I'll never have it again. Cause we had a good past. Like mm-hmm. our, like my childhood was amazing mm-hmm. and people grow up and they change and, and that's hard for me to accept. And that's why I've been spending so much time with Brayden on this trip because I feel like if I can go and spend time with him and his element and do things that he is comfortable doing and, just be with him. I feel I've honestly truly felt like I, like we're kids again in, in certain situations. We're just sitting, talking, looking at stuff, mm-hmm. talking about just random stuff. It's honestly felt like we were kids again a couple of times. And I like cried over at his house because I just feel so nostalgic. And I just, we were talking and I just started crying. Like, dude, Aww. it just feels like we're kids again. Like we're just back to how it used to be. That's awesome. And one of the hardest things in my life up to this point has been my relationship with Brayden and how that's faded mm. because he's, you know, he's changing a lot. He's mm-hmm. one, he's probably the sibling that's changed the most. Mm-hmm. And him and I were so close growing up and, uh, and you and Kaylin so close. Yeah. I, I, yeah, for sure. But me and Brayden had just a, such a special bond cause he was my brother and you know, amongst my two sisters. And Mm -hmm. so I was really close with him and growing up, he's just become so different and that relationship has felt kind of like it's fading. And so just to come back here and spend time with him and his element and to get that back, even for just a couple hours has been incredible. That's awesome. It's been so, so special. I can't even describe how special that is for me. Yeah. That's very cool. I'm glad you guys have that opportunity to do that. Yeah, me too. It's been really great. You know, your relationship that you have as children, it's not, it's not like it, well, it it just changes, but it doesn't get better or worse. It just changes. It just morphs. And that's the same thing with, I think any relationship, Yeah. you know, marriage or, you know, I think that's one thing that I went through when I was watching you guys jump on the trampoline. It went from me being a mom of infants and, (laughs) and babies to me being a mom of like adolescents and toddlers and it yeah. was it was a change and it's hard to let go of those changes and I remember standing there and crying watching you guys jump and just like what am I I didn't I didn't understand at that moment how my relationship with all of you was changing mm. and it yeah. does change and morph and just like now with adult children it's like I used to like we were just talking about I used to like scratch your back at church or rub your back come up behind you sitting on a chair and just rub your back but now that you're adults I feel like I want to do that. I see you there and I think, oh, a back rub would be nice, but you're an adult. Yeah. And so it's like, it's not really my place anymore. Yeah. And I have to kind of learn that. I have to learn like... Just read the room, mom. Come on. Read the room. <laughs> read the room. <laughs> but I have, to, I have to learn that and just realize that that's not my place. It was and it still is maybe with Dyson, you know, if he yeah. asks for that or something or even Canyon if he wants that. But... Yeah. um you know, it's just, it's different. It changes and I miss it. I, I'm such a person that loves touch so much. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's, um, yeah, the relationship does change into mm-hmm. more like 
watching you guys jump on the trampoline thinking you don't need me and now you're in your own homes <laughs> and like you really don't need me but then you just said we do need you we do need you in a very different way yeah and then you get to be my age where you know now and then I, you need us <laughs> i do need you take care of me yeah yeah we'll put you in a home <laughs> <laughs> because we're busy chasing our ambitions mom yeah <laughs> JK, you can live with me. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, that's all the all the notes I had on my list. Okay. But I just wanted to say how proud I am of your of your ambition and going back to school, achieving those things. And even though, in your opinion, there's been some negative, I guess, effects. Yeah, we, we never really touched on that, but. I do feel like there might be some negative, but I didn't um, know if you, I didn't know if they were too sensitive or if you wanted to touch on any of them. Oh, you can though. I don't know. I just, I, I just still worry. I, maybe I did touch on it. I don't even remember now, but you didn't, you, we kind of just, I was just it. always home, you know, and now I'm not. And I feel like they have made sacrifices. Those like Dyson, he comes home on a city bus because I don't drive him home. Yeah. You know, he goes to school <clears throat> in a different town than what I work in. And so he, and in a different town that we live in. And so he, there's no public school system but public school bus that goes to his school that's going to bring him home so he has to take the city bus home mm -hmm. and that's been hard for me too oh it but teaches him independence though it does it there's teaches always, him independence there's, there's always, always something pro and positive. con yeah there's exactly pro and cons to every situation but i feel like the good outweighs the bad in these awesome. cases so yeah yeah I've been actually just dealing with those types of feelings today. Like every decision that I make, every action I take has some kind of effect on other people, whether mm -hmm. it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, you just have to choose to accept that. You can't please everybody because you just have to be you um, and just, just please the people who you care about. You know, try and do the best for the people that, care about you and who are around you all the time but for the rest of the people you just have to just do you and mm -hmm. let people choose to accept you or not mm -hmm. and you know you have to be sensitive and don't be like a jerk but right sometimes i do things without thinking and it comes across as kind of jerky <laughs> and so like with my yeah anyway i could give examples but yeah Sometimes I just have to be, oh yeah, yeah whoops, I'll, I'll just fix it. I'll, I'll change it. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I did it mm -hmm. without thinking. Mm -hmm. And then you just move forward and just right. learn. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm very proud of your ambition and everything you've achieved Thank in your you. life. I think that you've done great things. I think you will continue to. I'm excited to see where you travel. Yeah. That's, you're going to come with me. I hope so. <laughs> you have to take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Document. I hope so. I want to come. I want to go to Germany and... I think we should go to Alaska. Yeah. Be fun. Super fun. Yeah. Now that Jazzy and Jesse are moving there. Mm -hmm. For sure. Cool. Probably my greatest ambition ever are my kids though. They're like, who, who can raise six kids? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have done it, but who has had so the greatest relationship with all of them? You know, I just feel like I've been so blessed. Yeah. You do a good job. You're very, you're very versatile. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> but you guys are the ones that are the great ones. I mean, you raise them and they choose who they want to be. And I just, I feel so lucky that all of us have a really good relationship still. Mm -hmm. And that isn't always the case. And I'm just really even, grateful. Even when some of your kids choose to live a way that maybe you're not 
super down with or whatever, you're still able to maintain a really, really good relationship yeah. with your, I hope so. with every single kid. And I think that's amazing. Thanks. I have amazing kids. Oh, that means me. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. Well, thanks for being on my podcast, mom. Thanks for having me. Do you want people to follow you anywhere on your Instagram or anything? Yeah. I'm not really super exciting to follow. <laughs> well, give your, give your plug. Yeah. Karen Call Clough. Karen me. Call Clough on Instagram. On Instagram. Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, mom. Thank you. <laughs> Adios. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Ambitious. If you listen on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind, go and give a review and a five-star rating because it really helps the podcast to get seen and heard by lots more people. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you listen on Anchor, you can always leave voicemails and you can click the support button, which allows you to give a monthly donation to me to also help out. I love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll be back soon with another ambitious topic.